0: Like radio, radio,
1: less like crap. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin. DMU.
2: Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin?
1: We we hung out with with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He barely talked to me. Towards
0: the end of the night, when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us, talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by volume. Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show because by hour two he's blitzed. I oh, bet. Oh, it's awesome.
1: Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid, weird place. Polish last name there. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol my body. Alcohol my body. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it. Nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like drinking a vitamin. Right? So you're blaming the drunkard yes i'm blaming the mlr drunkard hello bartender i have thought it over and far from being a fat pig you are very nice and i would like another drink drink a barf
0: drunky
2: Welcome to ABV for Cinco de Mayo 2015. This past week has fucking sucked, culminating with the events of today. For those of you that follow me on uh, Twitter and Facebook and all those other wonderful places, uh, let's see, I started coming down with a cold last, let's see, a week from this past uh, Sunday... Then I had to work all week, Uh, and then I had a bat mitzvah shoot on Saturday, and I was sick for the entire time of that, and then by Sunday, I realized I was coming down with pink eye, because my son had pink eye, and my wife had pink eye, and now my daughter has pink eye. Uh, So I went to the doctor yesterday for that, and got some medicine and everything, and then this morning, I totaled my fucking car on the way to work. Yes, 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 oh yes. It has been a grand... Grand fucking week. Oh. And, and, and the crazy thing, the, the the car that I hit... Now, first of all, going with how the accident happened... And my, my wife can attest to how this cold made both of us feel. I, I, I've been in a haze, like, here and there. Um, there were points that my wife was in the same haze with this cold... She set the baby down in a saucer, went into another room, and calls out from the other room, no less than 10 seconds later, oh my god, where's the baby? I'm like, you just put her in the saucer. Oh my god. That's the kind of haze we've both been in. And with the wreck this morning, it was basically, I'm driving, and next second, I'm crashing. And the wonderful thing was, the initial crash apparently took out my brakes, which meant that I then crashed into the vehicle in front of me again. And then once I finally stopped, I had to kind of uh, pull my car over to the upraised shoulder so I wasn't in the lane anymore. I wasn't actually driving the car. It was just downhill momentum taking me, and I figured hey, either the curb will stop me or the guardrail will. So that was a wonderful morning. I got a uh, careless driving ticket for it. That will be the first points ever on my license um and you know what yeah I, pro- I probably should have been out there driving as sick as i am but there's nobody to cover me at work it's just the way that department's managed and i'm pretty much the only person that can do anything there so i have to suck it up and go in and be sick and hack phlegm into garbage cans and into the grass and everything all over campus so yeah um and in fact i don't know if anybody um shit i don't think i can i don't think i can uh share instagram links i honestly have no idea how to um because i'm i'm never able to like copy image url but let me try and do this i'll, I'll see if i can get the. somebody might beat me to it and post the image in the uh in the chat which is at more like radio.com slash live it's actually the most recent picture um oh wait uh no i can't i can't copy image why the fuck can't i copy image url instagram is fucking retarded um maybe i'm just missing something uh embed maybe i don't fucking know eh i know i know other people out there have it so fuck it i don't i don't feel like uh trying to capture it or whatnot um yeah marianne says and marianne's in chat marianne and alan uh, missing for ages um She said, yeah, they'd have to find someone to cover you if you're dead, so don't be dead. (laughs) That basically is the way it is with my job. My boss was basically like, I I texted him, said, was it a bad accident? Not going to be able to make it in. My wife called him, too, to see if she could get a hold of him, got his voicemail. Um, He actually called her back and spoke to her. And I don't take any credence to what he, you know, niceties he says. With me, it was just a text saying, keep me updated and that was it. Ugh. Um you know what? Hold on. Uh camera uploads. Thank God for Dropbox. Uh da 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 da, 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 da. copy because I'm determined to do this Uh so my public folder actually works. Paste copy public link. Okay. Um oh, yeah, I'll delete that. Oops, shoot. I just deleted the wrong one. Um uh, <laughs> and I apologize for the cough, too. Uh, there is my lovely, lovely car, or what's left of it. And amazingly, from the front, it doesn't look that bad, but from the side, it looks much, much more smooshed. Um, yeah. Thankfully, like, the steering column didn't jump into me or anything. I mean, the interior, everything looks fine, but the front end is just, A complete and utter annihilated mess. So, um, with that out of the way, let me kind of get into bits with the show. Um, as I mentioned on Twitter, a uh, big announcement coming up in the second half of today's show, so make sure to stay tuned. See, that's that's kind of like marketing 101. You tease it to keep people tuned. And then uh, my purchases over the past couple weeks. Now, to be fair, I've barely been drinking because I haven't been able to taste shit. I think last night was the first day that I actually got my sense of taste back over the past week. So I decided to get something that even if I couldn't taste, it wouldn't really necessarily matter. And I bit the bullet and picked up a sixer of Occulto from uh, Anheuser-Busch. It's that uh, blue agave-infused beer aged on tequila barrel staves. Shockingly, it's not that bad. Um, And yes, Marianne, I did have my seatbelt on. And no, Alan, my airbags did not go off, shockingly enough. Um, The car in front of me was an uh, SVU. SVU? SUV. Wow, see, my brain's all scrambled. I'm thinking Law & Order now. It was an SUV, and the Geico insurance agent I talked to said he thinks they may not have gone off because the SUV was higher, and the sensors for the airbags are in my bumper, which is lower, therefore, I mean, my bumper looks pretty fucking crushed, though, too, so, I don't know. But, uh, right now, Geico does not think it's totaled. They have not seen it yet, but just by token of the airbags not having gone off, they, their system says not totaled, so who knows um i'm either <coughs> excuse me either they're gonna repair my car which i'm fine with or they're gonna give me money towards a new one uh, and I'll hold on to that for a while and figure out uh, what my finances do uh but the rest of the rest of my purchases none of which i have actually drank because of no sense of taste i got my shipment from in- inside the cellar it included Belching Beavers Milk Stout and Peanut Butter Milk Stout. I'm very much looking forward to those, and I want to make sure that I can actually taste those. Highly rated on Beer Advocate. Uh, Modern Times Black House with Coconut, an- another one that I really, really want to be able to taste. Prairie Artisan Ales Elizabeth. Um, that's Elizabeth with a five in the middle. I don't know the significance of that. Uh, looks like Marianne's drinking Southern Tier Creme Brulee tonight. Um, oh, she says I need to find it. I've, ha- I've had that before. Can you not get Creme Brulee out by you? Because if not, I will buy you a bottle. Uh barrel aged sour stout and oh, okay, yeah, she she did have it. Yeah, creme brulee is amazing. I haven't had it in probably at least a year, but Southern Tier does good. Uh barrel aged sour stout. I love a stout, I love a sour, I love the combination. And uh Almanac Beer Company Strawberry Farmers Reserve, which is another kind of tart sourish ale. I also had a shoot in New York State on Saturday, as I mentioned before, when I was still deathly ill. Um, I was I was medicated up the ass, uh, for the morning at least. So I sought out any good bottle shops in the vicinity of my shoot, because I knew I was going to get out there pretty early. And I found, um, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, DeSico's Market in Pelham. Apparently they are a big beer location in New York, Um and I got their exclusive release of Evil Twin Imperial Biscotti Break, which has chilies added to the mix, exclusively done for Desico's market. Um, and they actually they had growler fills of this same one too. Um, a market food market with growler fills. It, it looked amazing. Their selection was fantastic. A lot of different Evil Twin, um, a lot of a lot of the standards. You know the the wide selection from Rogue and Stone and things like that. Um, they had older uh, odd year releases from uh, Stones, IRS, and stuff like that. So definitely a great place to go. I, I'd, if it wasn't for the fifteen dollar trip over the GWB, I'd go there more often. Lots of stuff I can't find in Jersey, and all of it highly rated stuff. So, um, I got the Evil Twin, and then I got uh, just on an impulse, I got a six pack of Baxter Brewings window seat, it's a coconut and almond porter, supposedly it tastes like an almond joy, reviews are pretty good for that one too so I'm looking forward to being able to try that, but uh, hell, even most of the food I was having over the past week, I was just dousing hot sauce on it, because that was the only way I could get any kind of taste out of anything, so um, I'm potentially turning into a zombie, if anybody's watched Zombie. but for now, drinking the Occulto, which actually isn't too bad um Before I get on to, like, the little news stories and shit like that, I actually learned something new today on Reddit. (laughs) Really? Yes. You can apparently put together a deck of cards, so to speak, with the bottle caps from bottles of PBR. Now, considering that I've only had PBR recently that I could recall in cans or on, uh, on draft, I was not aware of this. Uh, there was a Reddit post on the, uh, beer subreddit. Somebody asked, how long did it take you to complete a PBR deck of cards? And I had no idea what the fuck this guy was talking about. Said, uh, I realize lately I'm spending entirely too much money on microbeer, so I'm throwing in some macros to keep, uh, to balance out my costs. PBR was a true staple in college. A cheap beer I not only enjoy, but I'm nostalgic for, and I've decided to complete the deck of cards. Now, this is where he fills me in. For those unaware, there's a number, letter, and suit representing a card under each bottle cap. Uh, someone I knew in college tried it but never completed it because they were buying cases and cases just to try and get the final two or three caps. Um, and this guy said, uh, of the first 28 bottles he opened the last two weeks, he actually got 26 unique caps. Then of the next eight he opened, three more were repeats, so you're starting to get to the, the, I guess, the rarer ones there. Um... One person in the comments says, my friends and I did this in college. It took several of us drinking PBR an entire summer to get the full deck. So uh, that that does sound like a uh, bit bit of an ordeal. Um, one person, th- the seven of hearts was the hardest one for them to get. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a trading community for that. Um, somebody else actually figured out that it should take you about 278 bottles uh, to, pr- in, with probability, get the... Um, get all the caps there to make a deck of cards now i gotta imagine it's not exactly easy to play um, well i don't know if you're if you're drunk you're probably dumping them all over the place anyway ah marianne found a picture of them nice see that that is actually a collector kind of thing that i would love to be able to do and hell you get you complete the entire deck you don't necessarily play cards with it you frame it or something you know that would that would be a neat you know barroom room item or something like that. I'm not going to say man cave because I hate that term. I've made that clear many, many times before. Um, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe this summer I'll, I'll kind of cheap out and, you know, start buying some PBR because it is cheap. Um, you know, you use it to, use it to supplement uh, the craft beer that I get, and but drink the, drink the PBR as a more everyday beer. Perhaps it would, it would definitely help my wallet. So let's get on to the news of the past week. Uh, A couple kind of biggies here. Um, This first one was all over my news feeds from the Boston Globe. Massachusetts craft beer distributor charged in pay-to-play probe. Now, if you remember from a few months back, there was a brewer. I can't remember who it was, but they accused um, some Massachusetts craft beer distributors of engaging in pay-to-play, which is basically... um, Kind of like a bribery for taps at bars kind of thing. You know, you give a free keg or something like that. You yeah. Well, in the article here, state regulators on Wednesday, and that would have been, I believe, last Wednesday. Um, actually, no. Uh, yeah, 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 last Wednesday. I'm sorry. Uh, I can't read dates. Uh, accused the company, and it wouldn't be this Wednesday because that's tomorrow, and I'm not a time traveler, accused the company that distributes much of the craft beer in the state to bars and liquor stores of unfair trade practices that limit consumer choices and harm small brewers. The uh, Alcoholic Beverage Control Commission, or ABCC, said Craft Beer Guild, LLC, violated a state rule against offering inducements to retailers to stock its products over those of competitors in a state law that prohibits distributors from charging different prices for the same products. Uh, These are the first charges to emerge from a six-month probe into so-called pay-to-pay practices that limit consumer choices by favoring one company's products over another. So, whoever that brewer was that complained, it looks like he actually may have had a leg to stand on there. So, the company, um, like I said, it was Craft Beer Guild, LLC. Uh... They did not respond to requests for comment. A spokeswoman for the company and the association that re- represents distributors issued a statement on behalf of Beer Distributors of Massachusetts saying its members have cooperated in the investigation. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Established track record. Working collaboratively. You know, all the, all the good buzzwords to make themselves sound okay. Um, let's see. The company is a subsidiary of Sheehan Family Companies. Owns a large network of distributors in 13 states. Among the well-known brands... That they distribute: Allagash, Lagunitas, Yingling, uh, Boston Beer, Wachusett. So, a uh, little bit of a problem here for them. Uh, the Craft Beer Guild. If the ABCC rules against them, it could have they could have their license to distribute alcohol suspended or revoked. Companies are often allowed to pay fines in lieu of suspensions, though. So, you know, the almighty dollar, you know, comes into play there. Uh, and they say it's unclear what specific practices the Craft Beer Guild allegedly engaged in. The ABCC published only a hearing notice that identified the rules allegedly violated, but is not releasing the more detailed report by investigators. So this is an ongoing thing. The hearing is not until June 23rd, so we got a little bit of time to wait on that. Uh, let's see, Massachusetts. fifth lowest ratio of liquor enforcement agents to licensees of any state. blah, 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 blah. Uh, that's about it with this article. No, no fun comments either. But uh, I'm I'm honestly not surprised. It, it, this was one of those situations where where there's smoke, there's fire. And um, you know, uh, the Boston area—it's a big area. Um, it's a big beer area. You got to think that anybody you know trying to get a leg up on the competition, they're gonna try and do it. Um, and if they can pay off people along the way, they'll do it. So. Uh, one of the one of the stories that popped up for me, I, I can't even remember where I found this. I, I might have seen this on Twitter at some point. Uh, didn't come across any of my regular news feeds. But the interesting part of it was where it's occurring. This was from Ohio.com. Those of you from the Midwest, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, um, even Illinois, you're probably familiar with the amusement park Cedar Point. Fucking fantastic coaster park! Um, I used to love driving down there, down to Sandusky, uh, every summer, uh, and I, I haven't been back there in a long, long time. But it's great. But they are toasting a new Ruguru roller coaster with a park exclusive beer. Uh, Cedar Point is hosting a beer festival over two weekends in May. Plans to unveil a new exclusive park brew. The park has partnered with Strongsville's based uh, the Brew Kettle to produce the Ruga Brew to mark the opening of the Mantis reboot. Now, the Mantis was a roller coaster that was still there when I was there last. So apparently they're rebooting it as the Ruga I, if I remember correctly, I think the Mantis was either a um, it was either a standing roller coaster or it was a sitting one where your feet are dangling. Um, So it's uh, a suspended one, but I don't know what they've done with the reboot yet. Uh, Beer lovers will have another reason to visit Sandusky amusement park in May. They're hosting brew and barbecue weekends, May 22nd through May 24th and May 29th through May 31st special event will feature more than a hundred craft micro and specialty beers, barbecue and live music in the park's new lakeside pavilion. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, That actually sounds very cool. So if, if, Anybody in the area is interested in that, look up uh, Cedar Point on cedarpoint.com dot com. Look up brew and barbecue. You'll find the info for that there. Uh, I would love to go to that, but I don't know. I almost think there's th- that's a bad combination in a way, though. Beer and roller coasters, because given what I like to drink, I have a feeling that I would get on a roller coaster with a bit too much burrato and leave sobbing silently to myself as I'm puking my guts up. But maybe that's just me. Uh, Bells they are expanding distribution a little bit I won't spend too much time on this one because well it's not a big article frankly but it's from Brewbound they are expanding to Delaware and Maryland so getting a little bit closer to Jersey for me they've signed on with NKS distributors for coverage in Delaware and in Maryland the brewery has ink deals with bond distributing company buck distributing carry distributors wants distributors So, they're just, they're expanding their distribution footprint, that is good, even though, um, after that last debacle with Bells, we've kind of heard that the owner is a bit of a dick, but I have to say I do like some of their beers, so, if they do start to distribute closer to me, I'm a lot more likely to pick them up. Uh, from First We Feast, we got Russian River, they are now using DNA testing to detect bad batches of beer, um, I actually did not read this article at all, so I'm very curious about the method here. Um, do, 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 uh, Russian River is among the first to start using the method. Uh, ba, 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 ba. They're talking about how they make um, sour beers, too, but you got to keep separate production lines for different styles to beer. Workers have to go home, shower, wear different clothes before going between brewing lines and all the cross-contamination, but you can't see the bacteria. So... Uh, Russian River Quality Control Operations Manager Mike Guilford said, it's not like yeast where you can take a look at it and say, okay, there are 10 per uh, milliliter or like a million per milliliter. Bacteria is really small, can move around. Well, There's a new rapid DNA testing kit called the BrewPal. Specifically targets harmful strains of pediococcus and lactobacillus bacteria using polymerase chain reaction testing. That's PCR testing for all you science geeks out there. Uh, basically it checks for small pieces of the offending dna strands rather than searching for the whole thing speeds up the process uh the more traditional methods of trying to figure out if there's a bad batch test can take up to two weeks this pcr testing takes less than three hours so uh you're not sitting on a potentially bad batch for two weeks you're just sitting on it for a few hours that can save a lot of time a lot of um a lot of real estate in the brewery. If um, you know you don't want a bad batch, you know taking up real estate in there. Uh, I see Mitch in the chat. Welcome, Mitch. Uh, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna criticize either my driving or my nasally voice today. Uh, the time factor may be even more important than the initial cost to breweries. The initial cost, uh, full system costs under five thousand dollars, whereas some of the competition can run thirty to forty thousand. So you get the time factor. You get a better initial cost. Um, It's win-win for the brewers. As long as it works, no complaints there. Um, And Mitch says lactobacillus is no joking matter. Which I totally agree, because that will fuck your beer up. Um, Yeah, he said shit, fuck shit up. Uh, I don't know how many of you watch um, John Oliver. I, what the hell is the name of his show? Last week, tonight, I think. He decided to tackle the, uh, the Bud Light hashtag uh, up for anything debacle from last week where they had the label that said um, the perfect beer for taking no out of your vocabulary. And... Me, you know, I understood what they meant. What they meant was you you become more adventurous when you drink. Oh, yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's go drive golf balls off that cliff face and hope we don't die. Let's go bungee jumping. Let's not say no to that. Let's go do it. Let's say yes. Okay, that may be what they intended. But obviously there is, and I, as... One uh, correspondent for some other network says in this video there is definitely a rapey vibe to that as well. So um, let me uh, let me let me kick into this video here. Make sure I don't have things muted here. John Oliver on uh, last week tonight.
1: Finally, finally tonight, Bud Light. Uh, if Budweiser is the king of beers, then Bud Light is the feudal peasant covered in donkey shit of beers. <laughs> And this week, Bud Light found itself in trouble.
0: Hard to understand how this made it past the pitch meeting.
2: And that is a very fair point. I mean, again, I understand what their point is, but you had to think there was at least one person in that fucking meeting that said, "Uh, guys, you know, this could be misconstrued. This could be a really bad idea. And they probably threw him out a window and fired him.
0: A slogan on bottles of Bud Light called it, quote, the perfect beer for removing no
1: from your vocabulary for the night. Well, 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 clearly, I did not just drink a Bud Light because no Bud Light, no, no. It is pretty obvious why this slogan was problematic. Some said the message recalls alcohol's connection to sexual
2: assault. Critics saying it invites attacks on women.
0: I say it has a, a certain rapey feel to it.
2: And, of course, that was Fox News. Um, but, okay, come on. Inviting attacks on women? No, 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 no. It's it. Th- if you're the guy drinking that bottle, seeing that, you're removing no from your vocabulary, not from their vocabulary. Now, if you buy them a Bud Light, okay, that, th- then they're fucked. Um, and that must be Dennis in the chat there. More adventurous when you drink, have four pitchers of Budweiser, and proceed to vomit all over a diner parking lot. Yes, 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 yes.
1: Okay, that's true, but it'd be great if you used a slightly more serious word than "rapey" because it's somewhat diminishing. It's like saying Floyd Mayweather is a smidge assaulty. It's it's technically correct, but it'd be more appropriate to say he's a woman battering human landfill. That would be more on the money. He's, well, he's a good boxer. He boxes as well,
2: apparently. And there is a there is a he he does have a quite a good uh, kind of punchline video for this. In fact, let me let me see if I can um, get ahead to it. Um, the up for whatever ads that Bud Light has had up. Uh, th- there was the one with the the life size Pac Man. It was basically uh, a bartender at the bar says, Hey, you know, if you drink this Bud Light, are you up for anything? They're like, oh yeah, okay. Well, you know, drink and go outside, and you know, you'll see what happens. You know, that kind of shit. So let me go to uh, the, the uh, little uh, other version that the John Oliver show. Sorry, last week tonight with John Oliver. I want to give him his proper credit here. Here we go.
1: What's up, guys? Hey. If, if I
0: gave you this Bud Light.
2: And this is going to create a lot of great descriptions of the taste of Bud Light for you guys. Are you up for whatever happens
0: next? Yeah,
2: sure. Yeah, yeah. Wait, do I have to drink the Bud Light? Yeah. Oh, uh, then no. What?
1: Why?
0: Because Bud Light tastes like a beer that someone already threw up. Yeah.
2: Probably me, actually. Although mine was Budweiser, but you know, we're splitting hairs there. It's like a liquid John Mayer song.
0: Okay, but the thing is, like it's all about whatever happens next, so if you could- Yeah, but it tastes like the flat soda that a homeless guy uses to rinse off birds.
2: Yeah, it's exactly what it tastes like.
0: Okay, look, I'm not supposed to do this, but we have hidden cameras inside of this bar, and when you get outside, there's like, gonna be this huge thing for you if you could just drink this Bud Light. You mean the beer that tastes like water strained from a gutter full of dog's teeth? Bud Light tastes like the scared urine of a rabbit.
2: I think that one might be my favorite. Bud Light tastes like these. What, what do you say? Urine of a scared rabbit. Uh, wait, what the hell? I want your deck in my butt, then after that, in my mouth. Wait, what? Did, Oh, okay, yeah. I remember some posts from Facebook. Never mind. I understand what's going on here. It's like Steven Seagal's pre-con. Yeah,
0: but we have like an epic night plan for you. Okay, listen to me very, very carefully. This is important. If a nickel could urinate, uh-huh. it would taste like Bud Light. That's exactly. Yeah. It. Bud Light tastes like the ghost of a dead lemon. Basically, water could just go bad. We have a stretch limo waiting for you guys outside
2: with Peyton Manning in it, and he's gonna take you to play a game of giant Jenga, okay? And then after that, you're gonna go on one of those virgin galactic missions into space. That sounds amazing.
0: I'm just not gonna do it. All
2: right, you know what? Just let me drink it.
0: What does that taste like? Describe it.
2: It tastes like if a raccoon ejaculated carbonated vinegar inside of an old log.
1: That is a good one. Bud Light, the only beer that makes you up for literally anything else.
2: I think I'm going to have to actually start watching last week tonight because John Oliver's segments seem pretty decent. Just even seeing that one. Um, Yeah, I never got derailed by shit in the chat, right? Um, God damn it. Yeah, yeah, somebody isolate that for Mitch. See, I'm 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 not I'm not on my game because if if I was sharp and not heavily medicated, well not heavily heavily medicated, it's antibiotics, uh I probably wouldn't have done that. <laughs> then again, I might have just done it voluntarily for the attention because I'm weird like that. Uh, let's see. Oh god, okay. Oh, 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 this is a great one. Mitch is going to love this because it's so funny. This is from the New School. Uh, A new LA Beer YouTube sitcom. They say it's breaking new ground. So let me read the article and then I'll play the teaser for you guys. And you can see how hilarious it is. Um, New sitcom series, scripted uh, sitcom series centered around a small brewery startup in Los Angeles, of all places. They say it looks pretty good for a YouTube show and is breaking ground in other ways too as it becomes the first web series recorded in front of a live studio audience. Because we love live studio audiences. They're great. And L.A. Beer also has legitimate Hollywood cred as it's executive produced by CBC sitcom Moms staff writer Sam Miller. Yeah, Sam Miller, of course. So it's a workplace comedy that takes place at struggling fictional silver screen brewery. You know, because they're in L.A., And, you know, they make movies in California, so silver screen, right? So the synopsis, oh, these characters sound great. When awkward millennial Sally starts a new job at Silver Screen Brewery, she works overtime to get her co-workers' approval, especially the cute, charismatic founder David, who may or may not have a thing for Andrea, the head of marketing. The ensemble also includes Patrick, the company's financial backer, Michelle, his heavy-drinking assistant... And her BFF Ryan, the nerdy brewmaster. Doesn't that sound amazing? I bet you guys want to hear the teaser. I bet you guys really, really want to hear the teaser. So I'll play it for you.
1: LA Beer is taped in front of a live studio audience. (laughs) Are you challenging us to drink nothing but beer for the rest of the week? Yes. Yes. Anything in the name of science. Oh, yeah. They said the cartoon hippo on our hop-a-potamus strawberry summer brew is enticing to children and that we're evil bastards marketing booze to kids. Oh. If anyone appeals to cranky, overaged, undersexed women, it's me! <laughs> Do you want to make love in the break room? Motorboat me. Oh, oh eat behind a
0: Halloween! Eh? Do you
1: know what detoxes are good for? <laughs> Reflexes.
0: this. Ah, oh, yeah. Patrick loves Satan. Patrick and Satan sitting in a tree.
1: S-I-N-N-I-N-G.
0: Well, well well. Look who still has all his emails. <laughs>
2: and see that's funny because the room's dark. I guess the power went out. But he printed out all his emails. That's great! Ha 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 ha. I will post the link for this dog shit in the chat for anybody that wants to see this and yeah I know that song from somewhere too Mitch I'm, I'm trying to figure that out I, I can't figure it out it, it, it's a very familiar music bed <coughs> in case uh, your sarcasm detector was not on that show sounds fucking god awful First of all, the writing sounds extremely I don't know, hacky. The the characters are not inventive whatsoever. Oh, you got a nerd there. Oh, you, you got someone who wants to have sex with the women there. Ooh, you got someone, let's see, uh what were the other characters? Uh let me bring back up the the article there. Um uh who are the other characters? We got uh, oh, Michelle, the heavy drinking assistant. Of course, because it's fun to have a heavy drinker in a brewery. Because, you know, that happens in a brewery where uh, you actually have to do work and keep things clean and everything. And you can't be fucking drunk off your ass the entire time. Um... <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Dennis is exactly right. Thank you, sir. Um, was that the... Oh, fuck, yeah. Okay. I remember. I remember the ad now. I remember the ad. Uh I think uh, what Hammy and uh, Mitch did versions of that. Now I remember. Wow. <laughs> so, ugh. if if the writing was better with this show, meaning if they completely overhauled it to not have this shitty hacky ass writing, uh, uh, the parents groups don't like our palatimus strawberry wheat ale. And first of all, I think um, ah, fuck uh, River Horse. I want to say they have like a Hippopotamus or something beer, uh, and there's no problem for that. They have hippos on their on their beers. It's pretty much uh, their logo. Uh, but um, the characters are so cookie cutter and reminiscent of shit shows like. Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory, stuff like that. Uh, you have... Uh, I don't know. You need to fix the writing. You need to completely overhaul the characters. You do that, you have an okay concept right there. But fuck the live studio audience. A live studio audience worked for a show like, say, Lucky Louie because that was the vibe they were going for. They were going for a. Louis C.K. was going for like a more adult, modern honeymooners, kind of thing there, and you got that live studio audience, live laugh feel. Um. With this, the laugh track is just awful, 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 awful. If they were to do something like this properly, and if 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 I could write, I would gladly produce something like this but i am a shit writer myself um do something sans laugh track something like the office parks and rec something like that um and have it like one of the you know mockumentary kind of things i know i i hate that term but that's basically the style of you know office parks and rec modern family shows like that that would work for a brewery sitcom why they are going... The, well, I know why they're going lowest common denominator. Because Big Bang Theory is still on the air and people watch it. So they're basically going with that fucking formula. Uh, uh, I, I I don't want to see someone's dream die. But I think that dream might need to die. Just just thinking. Uh, <coughs> ugh. Okay, let's see. What do I got here? Uh... Um wait Mitch says uh Trailer Park Boys. Does Trailer Park Boys have a laugh track? I've only seen a handful of episodes and it was a while back so I honestly don't remember. Um I, I and like Marianne says she hates shows with laugh tracks. It usually means it's not funny enough on its own. Very very rarely can I deal with a show with a laugh track. Um I mean I I used to watch Friends back in the day. Um that one I was okay. Uh, Trailer Park Boys does not have one, Dennis says. Okay. So that makes perfect sense. Um, one case of a show where it got kind of weird one season without a laugh track uh, for any British sci fi comedy fans out there was Red Dwarf. I don't remember what season it was. It might have been season 10, season 9 or season 10, where they went without a laugh track. And the show was good just felt off for some reason Um, my friend Avery out in uh, Las Vegas he cannot watch shows with laugh tracks I I love Red Dwarf and I've tried to get him to watch Red Dwarf but because of the laugh track he will not watch it I do not blame him Um, I mean probably the most recent show I've watched with the laugh track would have been uh, How I Met Your Mother I don't know how I got roped into that I got roped into it after the finale aired so I think I just kind of bought into the hype and just marathoned through the whole thing but for the most part I I can I can do without laugh tracks. Um and, and a lot of the best comedy shows out there prove it that they, they don't need them. Look at again I'll go to The Office, to Parks and Rec, to um uh uh Louis, Marin. Um I mean you can say Modern Family is a sitcom and they succeed with that too. That is one of those shows where something will happen on the show and I will actually laugh myself. I don't need a cue as to when to laugh at the funny. Um Dennis has a great point Laugh Track is just a supplement Shows like The Big Bang Theory can totally stand on their own without one Yeah, everybody check that check that out on YouTube Look up, look up uh, some Big Bang Theory without a Laugh Track It's amazing Ah But uh, As long as Chuck Lorre is still doing shows Laugh Tracks are here to stay Which is a damn shame um, I'm trying to think of Any other Laugh Track shows I mean like, back in the 80s and 90s, laugh tracks were just all over the place. I mean, that that was sitcom. But now, we've gotten past that. We don't need to be told when to fucking laugh. Uh, okay. <coughs> Get myself too riled up, and I don't want to fuck up my throat. From Brewbound, Miller Coors slapped with a class action lawsuit. This was another big story that was going all over my news feeds. Um, Strangely enough, people are on both sides of it. Um, Very surprised by that. Uh, After years of debate over what constitutes a craft beer, Miller Coors, which produces and markets the Blue Moon line of craft style beers, has been hit with a class-action lawsuit over the use of the word craft on both its website as well as various marketing and point-of-sale materials. Now, I like the way this article called them craft style beers. Because there is... According to the Craft Beer Alliance, there is an actual definition of what is craft. Blue Moon technically does not fit that because they're a Miller Coors property. I've gone over that a million times before. I have no problem, you know, craft style. That's good. But the fact that apparently Blue Moon has been using the word craft on their website and in marketing materials—that is a little mm, deceptive particularly to people that don't know. But then again, people that don't know that that definition of craft is actually a, like, rule, a a written thing, Um, I don't know. But um, the suit filed last week in the California Superior Court of San Diego County alleges the Miller Coors deceptively brews, markets, and distributes Blue Moon Brewing products in an effort to intentionally mislead customers into purchasing a craft beer. Of course and craft beer, in quotes. Through its false and deceptive marketing, defendant misleads consumers to believe that Blue Moon is an independently brewed, hand-crafted beer. The suit states, while Miller Coors does not constitute craft brewer, and thus Blue Moon does not constitute a craft beer, defendant falsely identifies it as such on the Miller Coors website. This practice misleads consumers and allows defendant to charge up to 50% more for Blue Moon beer than it charges for other Miller Coors products. Now, to be fair, the variety of styles of Blue Moon, you know, you have you have different ingredients going, you know, cinnamon horchata ale versus a Miller Lite. Obviously, there's more going into that cinnamon horchata. There's more going into the Blue Moon Belgian white and stuff like that. But we'll continue on here. Filed by Clark and Trelio, the complaint which lists beer aficionado and home brewer Evan Parent as the plaintiff, aha, it is a beer nerd that is doing it potentially beer geek, uh, claims Miller Coors violated California's Consumer Legal Remedies Act, California's unfair competition law, and participated in deceptive and misleading acts. Uh, defendants' business practices are immoral, unethical, oppressive, and unscrupulous, the suit claims. And, of course, Miller Coors said they're you know proud of Blue Moon. They continue to embrace its ownership and support of the brand. Well, you know what? If you're that proud of it, how about you put a big old Miller Coors logo on the Blue Moon packages and on the bottles? If you're that proud of it, show how proud you are. Simple as that. Uh, the class action filed against Miller Coors in California without merit and contradicted by Blue Moon, brings 20-year history of brewing creative beers of the highest quality. There are countless definitions of quote craft, none of which are legal definitions. <sighs> Legally, true. Uh, I mean, this this guy filing the suit probably does not have a full-on legal leg to stand on. Um, but going by what the Craft Brewer Alliance, I don't know how um, how um, voraciously they enforce that. But uh, there are countless definitions of craft, none of, which are legal, none of which are legal definitions. We choose to judge beer by the quality, skill, and passion that goes into brewing it. Oh, okay, so y- y- you probably think that, that uh, Coors Light is a... Uh, is a craft beer then, too. Right, guys? Um, let's see. In the suit, the plaintiff, Parent, is characterized as a so-called beer aficionado who frequently purchased Blue Moon products from 2011 until mid-2012 from San Diego-area retailers. According to the filing, Parent believed Blue Moon offerings were actually produced by independent craft brewers, the kind the Brewers Association defines as those that uh, producing less than 6 million barrels, less than 25% owned or controlled by a non-craft brewer wasn't until July 2012 that parent San Diego beer aficionado learned that Blue Moon was in fact made by Miller Coors and stopped purchasing the brand. So basically, this guy got butthurt. That um, he got fooled. He got fooled by uh, a successful marketing push by Miller Coors. Um, I'm surprised that it's taken this long for something like this to happen. Uh, You look at, I mean... He's he's not wrong in that Miller Coors is marketing Blue Moon as craft, and it's not technically craft style, but not craft, according to the Brewers Alliance. But this is one of those lawsuits that it kind of reminds me of like the, the mother that gave her kids Nutella on toast every morning and thought she was, you know, giving them healthy food because, you know, it, I don't know, on the Nutella thing, it's like, you know, part of a balanced breakfast or something like that. Meanwhile the first ingredient in Nutella is sugar so um, if this guy is such a beer aficionado you would have thought that even even back in you know 2011 2012 that he would have had the capability to research these things. maybe not I don't know um, yeah so no legal definition the explanation of a craft brewer comes from a nonprofit trade organization. Whose stated purpose is to promote and protect American craft brewers. So it's it's almost like a uh, almost like a lobbying thing kind of here. Um, I I don't think this guy has a fucking shot. Now to be fair, again here when consumers visit Blue Moon Miller Coors is not clearly listed as the parent company. Okay, uh, a little bit more back in his court there, but again craft is not uh, not a legal definition uh, over the years small brewers like Maui Brewing founder Garrett Marrero have spoke out against the tactic of deceiving customers with misleading labels that do not disclose the true ownership of a brand in 2011 he called Kona Brewing Products a brand owned by Craft Brew Alliance and produced on the mainland deceitful ugh in our local market in Hawaii, it's more competitive as to what the average tourist sees as local beer. It's disconcerting, to say the least, how acceptably deceitful the Kona labels on packaged products are. To me in most of the world, local means made in the local area where the marking makes it appear to be. For Hawaii, local would mean made in Hawaii. Can you imagine San Diego's local beer being made in the Midwest? But uh, see, the problem with this, though, is that Kona does brew a lot of their beer in Hawaii. In fact, last year, the reason I did not see any cocoa Brown in stores because they brewed it in Hawaii as an island exclusive. So it did not make its way to the mainland. Kona also has a lot of stuff that is only available at the brewery in Hawaii. So this guy in, uh, where is it from, Maui Brewing also seems to be kind of butthurt that Kona has a bit of a leg up. Um... I'm trying to remember what the ownership stake that I think it's AB and Bev has in them. It, it, it's enough to not make them technically craft, but come on, Kona does good beers, so whatever. Uh, truth in labeling and origin give the consumer the info. Tell them on the package where it's actually made, rather than let them think it's from here. But see, that's that, and that's something completely different than the whole craft not craft label. Um. When questioned whether or not Clark and Trelio would pursue action against craft breweries engaging in similar practices, i.e. Boston Beer's Traveler Beer Company line of Shandies, Trelio said he wasn't sure his firm would look for other cases, admitting, however, that future class action litigation could intensify if large beverage companies continue to participate in what he believes are dishonest business practices. You know what, though? I, I don't see that as dishonest with Boston Beer. Um, you know, they have that stake in Traveler. They uh, They own Angry Orchard. Uh, diversifying the portfolio, um, Boston Beer and by token Sam Adams, you know Sam Adams does not really want to become known for shandies. Whereas Traveler is shandies, shandies, shandies all the way. I don't think they do non-shandy beers. Uh, let's see, editor's note. <coughs> ah, here we go. Craft uh, brew lines executives reached out to Brewbound in note that all the company's labels, Kona included currently list each city where CBA products are brewed. Uh, CBA currently produces its Widmer, Kona, Red Hook, and Omission Lines of beers in Portland, Oregon, uh, Woodinville, Washington, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and under contract at Blues City Brewing in Memphis, Tennessee. Kona's bottled offerings are not currently produced on Hawaii, but are, however, sold on the islands. Oh, okay, you know what, I take that back, But, but they may not have been making bottled cocoa brown. They may have been making specifically on draft coco brown i'm not sure uh, yeah the top comment on this beer aficionado and home brewer and claims not to know blue moon is owned and brewed by uh miller Coors. so very very interesting that this guy it just seems like he got his feelings hurt that he thought he was hot shit and that someone pointed out to him one day you know blue moon's not craft right yeah, it is. No, it's owned by Miller Coors. What do you mean? But I'm a beer aficionado, and I make my own beer. You know, I I, I, I get all the, the syrup kits from Mr. Beer, and I have my my plastic. I mean, I'm not, I'm not calling myself a home brewer with my Mr. Beer kit. Mitch is a home brewer. Mitch has a system. I am not a home brewer. Not yet. Maybe someday. But uh, I think this guy just got fucking butt hurt. Um, so I'm, I'm actually kind of hoping that this lawsuit just fizzles out because honestly it's semantics it's kind of stupid but people are always going to complain about that drink what you like you know research what you drink Um and Mitch says I'm obviously just too dumb to get big bang humor apparently <coughs> um, you know what Uh I think I need to blow my nose I don't want to do that on the air so um I'll lead you guys into break. Uh, remember, after the break, uh, you know, towards the the latter part of the show, big announcement tonight. And after the break, uh, I have a list from Foodandwine.com. How to tell if you're a beer geek or a beer snob? I don't think I have done this list before. If if I have, somebody tell me in the chat. But I don't think I have. Again, my brain is kind of cloudy. But I thought it was a decent list that uh, I don't remember reading before. So, um another um, bottle of something recovered from a shipwreck uh, not a beer not a wine so uh, figure that out uh, potentially a few other uh, articles popping up here and there and uh, with that uh, I will be back uh, after these messages
1: alcohol by Cheers. volume Kevin show oh, hey it's the name of the show
2: hey more like radio less like crap hey.
1: Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm <laughs> kind of drunk for this That's
2: shit nuts. Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find you're drunk in this very unappealing. I
1: am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. Anti-social gamer radio.
0: Hi, this is Ashley, host of Antisocial Game Radio, telling you to come and listen to my show every Tuesday at 9pm uh, UK time, 4pm Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Uh, every week I like to talk about all the latest stuff going on in the gaming world, what's been coming out, what's new releases, all the topics that you like to hear. I will be talking about it every single week. The Elvis and Albert Show, Thursdays, morelikeradio.com, 5 to 7. I'm Elvis Cage. I'm Alfred. I'm Jameson. And on the phone... That's Bill.
1: I'm floating it in. Always floating it in. Coming to you live from the Half Penny Pub in Saville. That's right, punk rock music, independent
0: music, and all the rest of the things that we speak about—crazy Crazy party, party stuff.
1: Here yeah. yeah, on MoreLikeRadio.com and elvisandalford.com
0: twenty-four-seven.
1: Yeah, the Elvis and Alfred Show. The Cousin Joe Show. And I, I'm sitting in the chair. He did the barber cock touch. What the fuck? This is what it is. Dude,
0: where are you going to get your hair Listen cut? Listen to me. Where are you going? See how I'm
1: sitting right now? Yeah, I do. Where are my elbows? Outside the
0: chair. Oh! Oh! oh!
1: They always ah! go around the side, ah! and, ah! and where the, fucking, the height of my ah! elbow is always ah! their dick. He reaches in, and his, his cock touches my elbow. And the thing is, like, I can't immediately jerk away because that looks like yeah, you know you touched it, right? I'm acknowledging <laughs> contact. So instead, I just leave it there and let him rub his dick on my elbow. <laughs> Dude, ew. did he go back and forth? That's when you could tell. Did he I was, go back and forth ever, like, fast? Like, not, not, like, fa- not fast. <laughs> it, I, I wonder if guys do play games or get the barber hard, kind of wiggle their elbow. Nobody does that, Joe. Whoa, weird faggots. Who knows? You're fucking weird. What do you think? <laughs> Tune in to the Cousin Joe Show live, Thursday night, 7 to 10 on More Like Radio.
0: If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed.
1: I just keep thinking to myself, and it makes me giggle that I, every time I hear the story, I imagine it was Ray Romano in the same situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh <laughs> uh, kind of does. I that. barely touched her. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, it was my brother. Look at him, he's better than me. Come on. Oh. Come on, everybody loves me. Oh, I got I got twins. Come on. Oh, let's go. Let's go Home Depot. Come on. Fess up, Raymond. You know it was you that got you on video. Anybody want soup? Ma, oh, come on, we're talking over here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, I'm
1: dying <laughs> So if you learn anything from just remember Ray Romano allegedly fights his wife in an elevator <laughs> Right <laughs> We don't report the news accurately, we report half of it Whatever, it's still news, so fuck you guys This is more entertaining than some football player.
0: Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com.
1: Now, Deep beat cause the V is so deep. An interesting show, it won't ever put you to sleep. It has all the content that you want, the best show on the planet. I ain't even gonna front. Deep Feet, bringing it again and again. Don't ever miss a show and make sure that you're always tuned in. Hosted by my man Mike and Ski Ray. Keep it turned up on the mic. All day, ask me what's my favorite podcast, I'd say DP, listen to the show while you're sipping on your tea, it's the hottest of the high, you ain't gotta trust me, tune into the show and you will definitely see, with Mike and Ski Ray, you can't go wrong, the biggest show ever, bigger than a King Kong, listen up and don't ever, ever miss a beat, it's DP, remember that the V is so deep. Uh.
0: What's up everybody, DV Podcast, DP, be sure to listen to us Fridays at 8 Eastern on more like radio.com, yep. Also download us on iTunes. Just type in Deep V. Deep V, your favourite podcast. Favourite podcast. You know the way, at the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know, and now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents <laughs> as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudice to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? Where are
1: you going for here,
0: We'll name check every country on the show, that way no one can be mad. How about that? I could do Swedish. Oh yeah, cool. Very birdie. How birdie. to the Italians? Papa de poopy. Papa de poopy. <laughs> okay. To the Mexicans. Hey, hey, Amen. Uh Spain. <laughs> That's it.
1: Uh Singapore. <laughs> Amazing.
0: Australians? No. you big loop, are you? No, that sounds That's like Limerick or something. <laughs> That's right, we never slide off the Irish, do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato.
2: <laughs> there you go.
1: OSW review. All Irish, all racist.
0: <laughs> oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. This is Mitch, producer of Dutch and Royce. I just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you why we are better than you. I took the turkey baster and put it in the glass and sucked up as much pee as I could. I took the turkey baster, after lubricating it in my asshole, and put it up as far as I could in my asshole, and I was repeatedly thrusting it in and out while jacking off and screaming out a boy's name and moaning to make it feel like it was real. (laughs) I can't believe... I then... I then imagined in my head him screaming, I'm coming. And I squeezed the turkey baster ball, shooting all my pee into my head. <laughs> Mitch, I, kept to the, yeah. I kept taking the turkey baster out and filling it with more pee and shooting it deep into my asshole, <laughs> making it feel like it was a huge cum. Listen to Dutch and Royce live, Tuesdays from 10 to midnight, only on morelikeradio.com.
2: Hey, you! Yes, you guessed 10,542, change your username. And while you're in a more like Radio Live page, listening to
0: fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon, click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker, just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. It's right there on the right. Stupid.
2: The official Alcohol by Volume YouTube channel. Find out what's destroying my liver every week. Ah, my liver, my liver! New beer reviews every Saturday morning, and occasionally some bonus reviews in the middle of the week too. Hmm, your ideas are intriguing
0: to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter.
2: Subscribe now at youtube.com/slash mlr Alcohol by Volume.
1: Come on, let's go drink till we can't feel feelings anymore. A ton of lineups stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. MoreLikeRadio.com Other internet radio stations are gay. You're listening to Alcohol
0: by Volume on More Like Radio. What the Encyclopedia Galactica has to say about alcohol. It says
1: that alcohol is a colorless,
0: volatile liquid formed by the fermentation of sugars and also notes its intoxicating effect on certain carbon-based life forms. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy also mentions alcohol. It says that the best drink in existence is the pangalactic galactic Blaster, the effect of which is like having your brain smashed out with a slice of lemon, wrapped around a large gold brick. The guide also tells you on which planets the best pan-galactic gargle blasters are mixed, how much you can expect to pay for one, and what voluntary organizations exist to help you rehabilitate.
2: Ah, oh, poor fucking nose. <laughs> Welcome back to ABV here on more like radio uh, I think my nose should be good for another 52 minutes or so hopefully um, oh god what the hell is that from Dennis I think I, I feel like I should know that because Matt Frewer's is in it but I can't figure it out but it's a very very snotty sneeze and it's something on the CW it makes you think I would know something like that you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a gift that Dennis posted in uh, the More Like Radio live chat, morelikeradio.com/live. Uh, so I guess let me um, let me get into that uh, that list. Wait, he says it's from my favorite dog shit TV show. But you know what? I'm very behind in Supernatural, so it may be from an episode I hadn't seen yet. That is probably why. Um, I've been I've been catching I've been watching Secrets and Lies as that's been airing. I've been trying to catch up on Person of Interest. And I am God knows how many episodes behind on this season of Supernatural right now. But uh, if you don't watch Person of Interest, that is a goddamn fucking amazing show. Uh, Secrets and Lies was really good too. The, the uh, season finale was this past Sunday. And um, me and my wife had kind of figured out... Oh, that's from older... Oh, it's Famine from when they were collecting the rings. Jesus. How did I not remember that Matt Furr was in the show? I need to marathon through the show again. Maybe maybe what I should do when I start catching up on Supernatural is just marathon through the whole show again. Like, I have time for that, right? I don't know. Um, I like the fact that Dennis, though, <laughs> was able to identify what the hell it was because he hates the show so much. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, okay, so. How to tell if you're a beer geek or a beer snob because there is a very distinct difference they say on foodandwine.com, so you've tried every beer on Beer Advocate's top 250 list. Own oh, 147 Beer Festival t-shirts. and have a framed photo of your boil kettle on your desk at work. Mitch, do you have a framed picture of your boiled kettle on your desk at work? I think you might. But does this make you a beer geek or a beer snob? No, they're not the same thing. They're just different as ales and lagers, bottles and cans, stone and keystone. What exactly are the difference? Read on to find out. Ugh and I, I this this is very much like that dichotomy between a geek and a nerd there there is a big difference between the two you can be you can be a nerd about something like i i would say i don't know i'm trying i'm trying to think of the specific differences with it um would you say i'm a transformers nerd or a transformers geek um actually most people would probably just say i'm a transformers asshole but let me let me get into the list here um oh wait damn it dennis did she actually leave (laughs) did you just spoil me in the chat dennis because i knew that like episode 11 of this current season everybody thought she died but then it was revealed in the last episode i watched episode 13 that she is still alive um well tequila in the chat says he's a beer idiot but a vodka snob and uh, Dennis says whoever they are, he likes them. So let's see here. Uh, number one, a beer geek is picky about what he drinks. So, I, you know, for Transformers, I probably fall more into the geek realm because a beer snob is picky about what others drink. Geeks may not love light loggers, but he won't judge you if you order one at the bar. A snob, on the other hand, will launch into, into a diatribe about the evils of corporate multinational breweries before you can say, PBR, please. In this situation here. I'm definitely a beer geek. Um, will I suggest a good beer to someone? Of course. If I found something that I have enjoyed, and I'm sorry, my levels are a little little hot. I'm just noticing that right now. Um, if, if I find something that I really enjoy and I kind of want to share that with someone I say, you want to try this? And if they say no, I'm not going to push the issue. If they say yes and they like it, cool. If they don't like it, my feelings aren't hurt and I'm not going to tell them a hundred reasons why they're wrong um, so you know you go into the tra- I'll go to the Transformers example there I'm a Transformers geek because I'm, I'm picky about what Transformers properties and what figures and what not that I am a fan of what I will purchase and things like that Transformers snobs I think or you could say Transformers nerds perhaps they they want to let you know that they hate Transformers Animated and they want everybody else to hate it too. And if they don't, they're wrong. They want you to know why Transformers Armada was the death knell for Transformers. And that there was maybe half of one good episode in the entire series and it was only because of this one scene. So I, I can I can see the, the similarities. You can say that about any fandom really. Oh, okay. He said, "I didn't say she died. I said the show died." There's no telling when she'll be. Back. Oh, she gave twi- birth to twins a few months back. Okay, um, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And tequila also says tranny snobs are cool too. Um, th- wh- yeah. Wh- when I when I watched that episode where she got shot and they had to leave her, uh, in that room while they were going on the elevator, that my jaw fucking dropped. I honestly thought that the machine was going to sacrifice Root instead of Shaw. Uh, oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Dennis, that is fucking fantastic. If you're not in the chat, you have no idea what I'm laughing at. But let's just say Bailey J and Bruce Willis and leave it at that. Uh, number two on this list, a beer geek doesn't collect trophy beers. A beer snob paid $300 for a bronze decanter of Sam Adams Utopias, flew to Belgium just for some Westy Twelve and has a bottle of The End of History on display in his $3,000 beer cellar. Still, I have a bottle of Utopia's, and I think I did pay around $300 for it. I don't think I'm a snob in that respect. I wanted to try it, and I've shared a bit of it too. Um, And I don't just collect trophy beers. Those hard-to-find beers that I managed to find, I actually do drink them. I mean, right now, my beer fridge is probably the most stocked with the I, I wouldn't necessarily say white whales but some harder to find items and um some items that age very well and that i'm letting do that um some harder to find like or that, that evil twin uh, um um uh, biscotti break that i got Obviously, you can only get it at that one market. It's an exclusive for that. I thought, well, shit, you know, not a lot of people get to try this. So why not? I'm not going to save it for years and years and years and, you know, never drink it like some people do. I'm going to drink my two bottles of KBS eventually. You know, I'll do one of them for a YouTube review and then maybe one of them down the road for another YouTube review as it ages. I now have um, two bottles of Stone's um, Chai Spice Imperial Russian Stout that I'm you know, let an age and see if I can. You know, let them kind of develop flavors after six months, after twelve months, things like that. I got that uh, Firestone Walker Parabola. I think it's really cool that I got them. I don't think I'm hot shit for getting them. I think it's cool that I got them. That I get to be one of the people that tastes them. I'm not gonna lord it over someone. What you do? I've had Pliny the Elder like a d- bunch of times, and uh, it's boring now. You know, that is that is a beer snob right there. That is a beer snob. <coughs> a beer snob is constantly ranking her favorite beers and I like the fact that they changed gender in this which is kind of cool, you know, equal opportunity a beer geek's favorite beer is the one in front of her okay, to be fair, aculto is not my favorite beer right now, but I'm drinking it and I'm enjoying it, so I guess technically it is my favorite beer right now it will not be my favorite beer when I'm done with them, so take that as you will a beer geek believes there's a beer for every occasion He's not above drinking a Heineken at the baseball game. A beer snob would rather be caught dead than drink anything besides Mountain Dew from a green bottle. Uh, definitely a beer geek on that, too. If I go to a hockey game, um, I know that the the Prudential Center has more craft beer now, but the last time I was there, it was basically um, you know, your standard Bud Light... Uh, I'm trying to think what else... Uh, they, they, I, I want to say they had Guinness. I think they had uh, Boddington's. But when I was at the game, I figured, you know what, if I'm going to spend $8 for a beer, what the fuck, I'm going to make it a Canadian beer because hockey, and I get like Molson Canadian. It's fine. It's not a big deal. You, know, you drink that during a hockey game, it just for some reason feels right. Uh, number five, a beer snob is set in their ways and will only drink beers from approved styles or breweries. A beer geek is open-minded. She'll try any beer at least once, even that weird peanut butter porter your little brother Todd brewed in his bathtub. Would I try a beer brewed in a bathtub? Um, it depends on how hygiene conscious this little brother Todd is. Um, if I see him and he uh, is, uh, I don't know, very slovenly, uh, not well-groomed and shaved might be a little, but then again, eh, fuck it. Brewing the beer and it's going to kill all the bad bacteria. And if it doesn't kill all the bad bacteria and you get, you know, nasty bacteria that fucks it up, well, you know, I'll find out when I drink it. <coughs> um, I'm always trying new stuff. I, I, by, by what I'm drinking right now, I'm clearly a beer geek. A beer snob would not try a culto because it's an Anheuser-Busch beer right there. Um, I was curious about it. And I figured this was the perfect opportunity to try it because I didn't know if my taste buds were going to work for me. A beer geek started drinking craft beer from cans before it was cool. A beer snob doesn't buy six-packs anymore, let alone cans. Only corked, wax-topped old ales aged in Lagavulin barrels. And I see a lot of that. That that, that goes to the white whales again, where a lot of the white whales are caked er, caked, caked, caged and corked. Wow. Well, if they were if they were caked and corked, okay, that might be a little bit different. Because I mean, you know, wax is difficult to get off, uh, get off bottles, but cake, oof, just unwrap the cake, eat the cake, and then uncap the, you know, pull pull out the cork. That sounds delicious. Cake and beer, I think that goes together. Mind you, I'm more of a pie person, not as big a fan of cake. It's got to be the right cake. Um, oh, Dennis tried an IPA in Florida this past week. Oh, once. Uh, Tequila says some IPAs are okay, double IPAs no. And you know it's kind of weird. Some double IPAs, I think, might be more palatable to people that aren't as into IPAs, just because of the uh, the malt forwardness of some of them. It, it depends. It depends which one. Some of them are just pure hot bombs. Some of them are a lot more malty than you'd expect. But I'm I'm very proud of Dennis that he tried an IPA. Dennis, what, what do you remember? What IPA it was? um was it was it something from Sweetwater? I'm assuming it probably was given that uh, that menu you posted and that, uh, oh god damn, that one milk stout that you had. Ooh, I, I'm, I'm slowly getting myself like hardcore, not hardcore, slowly getting hardcore, no, that, that makes no sense. Slowly getting myself back into milk stouts. Um, I just want to find more that I haven't tried yet. Uh, I know the ones that I like. I like left hand, I like uh, Keegan, but I, I gotta find more. That's why I, hopped at the chance to get those belching beaver ones because those are very highly rated and i would love to try a good milk stout every so often uh ah, dennis can't remember honestly he said it was a shitty one boo uh let's see what else we got here number seven a beer geek usually doesn't make a big deal out of glassware and that is true i i typically don't i got called out for it on my uh on my youtube channel when i was uh you know, drinking beers out of my A B V uh shaker pints, but you know what? Sometimes that's the glass at hand. You know, typically now I drink out of my Garden State brewfest, um, kinda like the tulip chalice kind of thing, or my my stone, um, sixteen ounces. But sometimes I'll just drink the occulto out of the bottle like right now. But I find more and more I'm actually drinking out of the glass. I enjoy the beer better that way. Um I don't think that turns me snobbish because I'm not particularly, you know, picky about which glassware I'm drinking it out of. Just, you know, as long as it's glassware and not the bottle. Uh, drinking IPAs from red plastic cups at a barbecue doesn't faze her. A beer snob will throw her an absolute tantrum if she's ever served beer from a mason jar. You know what? I have no problem drinking beer from a mason jar. <sighs> I don't know. I, I, something about drinking beer out of a red plastic cup. <clears throat> I, I, don't, I don't like drinking anything out of a red plastic cup. It just some, Something feels wrong about it. Isn't that like a, a Toby Keith song or something? Um, oh, okay. Uh Dennis says Judge might remember. He and him got the same thing. Marianne still can't stomach IPAs, and some people can't, but Mitch Mitch is uh Mitch is a convert. Mitch likes them. Uh Tequila says, Oculto, do you like it? It's on sale at the supermarket. You know what? On sale, I would say, go for it. It's actually not too bad. Um there there is a nice sweetness to it uh let me actually take a sip so i can try and evaluate straight on here there's there's a nice sweetness to it it's still very clearly an american adjunct lager but the blue agave i think helps it i don't know if i'm really picking up much of the you know tequila barrel stave thing off of it and and that seems to be what happens a lot with um the crafty beers that are aged they don't actually barrel age them they will age them on the barrel staves but this one for i'm I'm trying to remember how much i paid for this i i maybe i think i maybe paid 10 bucks for a six pack probably a bit too much for it i probably would have been a little bit happier paying maybe eight bucks for it but um if it's on sale for like around maybe eight bucks or so even less i'd say go for it just to even try it um it's definitely drinkable it's mm, is it something I would get again? Maybe, I would. I would. I would have to. It, it's very much a summer beer. Very much a summer beer. I would take something like this over Corona. Um. In terms of like a summer Mexican feeling kind of beer. Oh, a twelve pack for ten ninety nine, dude, do it. Yeah, mine was a six pack for like ten bucks. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> twelve pack for ten ninety nine. That is that is a good deal, because even even if it's you know. Not mind-blowing to you. It's still totally worth that price there. And as the summer weather kicks in, this is a great beer for that, you know, after you mow the lawn or whatnot. So, can't complain about that too much. Uh, Let's see. uh, Number eight. A beer snob drinks to critique. Every beer must be evaluated and scored on color, clarity, mouthfeel, and taste, then immediately shared on ratebeer.com. I'm not a beer snob in that respect because a beer geek sometimes forgets the name of that amazing barley wine she just drank but will totally drink it again. That is why I log everything on Untapped because otherwise I will forget the name of that amazing amazing barley wine I just drank. So, um, I I very, very rarely do reviews on Rape Beer or um, or on Beer Advocate. I'll occasionally, you know, post a a comment about something on... uh, on untapped, and of course I got my YouTube reviews, which are definitely not you know scoring on color and clarity and mouthfeel and taste. Some of those elements, you know, the color, I'll, I'll you know say oh, okay, very dark. Oh, okay, this is you know very very light, very opaque. Um, sometimes I may comment on the mouthfeel. I, very rarely am I really going to comment on the clarity, unless it's like an unfiltered beer, in which case it's appropriate to comment on that. The taste is the big the taste and the aroma. That is those are the big things I concentrate on. I like to do beer reviews for the every man or woman. Um, John Sanzari had him try Dennis says John Sanzari had him try this tequila infused summer beer in Florida, and it was actually freaking awesome. I also can't remember the name of that. So that's why you gotta log stuff in on tap, dude, because when when you're drinking enough, you're just you're just gonna forget everything. And that is the problem I have. Uh, and the last one in this article, number nine, a beer snob only drinks at beer bars and won't order until someone brings him a vintage bottle list. A beer geek will have a beer anywhere as long as he's among friends. Yep. yep beer geek here because, uh, th- fuck it. I'll, I'll have a beer at a TGI Fridays if I'm in the mood for a beer. Usually I'll just get like, you know, a Sam Adams seasonal or something, but otherwise it's not that big a deal. Um, but uh, beer bars, I love going to beer bars but it's not really the kind of thing for my wife so it's not a good thing for me to necessarily go to them by myself because A, I'll spend too much money B, I'll drink too much and then C, I'll crash another car this time under the influence of alcohol which would be bad actually that would be worse um, thankfully this was my first car crash in almost 20 years um, this one fuck, fuck if I know what caused it to happen uh, but the one I had when I was like seventeen, uh, that one, uh, that was a fucking cunt ass minivan that pulled out left in front of me, and I slammed into her and left a softball dice softball sized dent in the side of her minivan, and it completely totaled the front of my, uh, what was it, a Dodge Shadow, I think. Hey, yeah, you know, first car, Dodge Shadow, it's not that bad. <coughs> uh, from first we feast. Uh, you remember a few weeks ago, I had mentioned that uh, scientists scientist had opened up and drank a, um, I think it was like a 110, 120-year-old bottle of beer recovered from a shipwreck. This time, a 170-year-old champagne was recovered from a shipwreck. And, of course, they tasted it. It was a, um, let's see, uh, oh, okay. Let me read the article here, because they say it best. Veuve, Cricot, Ponsardin, Heidsic, and Juglar. If you're a bottle-popping aficionado, those names might sound familiar. All three brands have long histories, so long, in fact, that bottles of all three were found in a shipwreck off the coast of Finland in 2010, along with with some similarly aged bottles of beer. So I don't know if... I I don't think this is the same shipwreck, but maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, They tested the beer a couple years ago. But full chemical analyses of the three champagne bottles they opened took some more time. So, um, they revealed some interesting things about what happened to the champagne while it was in the shipwreck. Now, I'm not much of a champagne drinker, but it is an alcohol. And I still find it interesting finding old examples of styles like this. So they say the shipwreck provided near-perfect aging conditions, including temperature stability, coldness, and darkness. That's got to be, you know, good for it. It provided the bottles don't, uh, don't leak or anything like that. Uh, the 170-year-old champagne only boasted a 9% ABV, while modern champagnes are around 12. The ancient champagne was most likely sweetened with grape syrup. Traces of chemicals from wood as well as iron from nails indicate the champagne was likely aged in wood barrels. While the champagne had low levels of acetic acid, which indicates spoilage, it had unfortunately lost most of its carbon dioxide during its long stay under the sea. Although aging champagnes and wines often makes them better, sometimes too much age is not a good thing. So, technically, there was not a whole lot of spoilage going on here, but the years just depleted the the CO2 in them, and you're not... You're obviously not getting a, uh, a prime example anymore. Uh, let's see. So they ask, how does it taste? Key words that tasters use to describe the initial taste of the ancient champagne were, and these are daring individuals, animal notes, wet hair, reduction, and cheesy. But as with any wine, swirling opens up a wider range of flavors via oxygenation. The research team wrote that upon swirling the wine in the glass to oxygenate it, the aroma became far more pleasant. The main aroma is described as, and I don't even know this word, impurimatic, grilled, spicy, smoky, and leathery, together with fruity and floral notes. That definitely sounds more drinkable. While cheese and wine might go together, no one wants a uh, champagne that tastes like cheese. And uh, people actually, um, in an auction, purchased 11 of the bottles from this shipwreck. For a hundred and fifty-six thousand dollars in 2012, so the fact that they are still drinkable to some respect, um, that is pretty damn impressive. There, um, obviously, it's nothing I'm ever going to be able to drink, but that that is that is really neat. That, and you think that maybe you know a hundred years from now, perhaps somebody is going to find you know some well, I I get the feeling a. a Bottle cap is not going to hold it very well, but you know, a bottle of KBS somewhere underwater uh, from some uh, some fishing trip that went awry. Uh, probably, I'm wondering if a uh, if a uh, waxed and corked bottle might uh, actually do they wax and cork? I think typically it's waxed and capped, not waxed and corked. So I don't know, but well, I I have a feeling you know, as the years go by, something like that will. S- Beers from today will surface again. Either that or people are just gonna still have them in their fucking beer cellars. Because you know the, the, the beer snobs are gonna be keeping them around like that. Uh <coughs> oh, excuse me. Jesus Christ. Throat's getting dry. I need to uh drink more occulto. Uh, why do I get NHL? Still getting NHL alerts. Still have the NHL app on my phone, even though the Red Wings are out. Boo. All I can say is go Caps, go wild. Um, let's see. What do I got here? Tea. Uh, this is from All About Beer Magazine. Tea as an untapped beer ingredient. When I was at DeSico's Market in New York State, in uh, Pelham, I, I did notice that there were a handful of beers that really did seem to center on tea, as a primary ingredient in it um i i didn't get enough time to really stick around and look th- look things out look things up on my phone and everything um honestly if, if money was no object i would have bought probably over a hundred dollars worth of stuff there as it stands i spent maybe about twenty dollars so that's that's control on uh, on my part there but uh, tea is an untapped beer ingredient from breakfast stouts to coffee porters plenty of beers brewed with Morning's Buzzy Beverage, yes, everything, every, you know, you can find a coffee, beer, anywhere. Uh, Typically they're stouts, but occasionally you'll get some kind of variation. Uh, But what about its counterpart, tea? Although it's not yet a full-blown trend, some breweries are experimenting with different flavors of the other steep drink and remark on its versatility. And you'd have to think that there would be a lot of versatility with it, because think of the similarities you get between tea leaves and hops, you know, it, 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 there, there's there's a steeping element to it. I know that's not 100% technically true, but on the surface, you can kind of see that. Uh, Stone Brewing's Japanese Green Tea IPA collaboration among the San Diego Brewery, Baird Beer in Japan, and Ishii Brewing Company in Guam. Um, I've had that before, and it's fantastic, and I'm actually not typically a green tea fan, but I thought it paired really well with the IPA. Uh, they decided to brew the beer with whole leaf green tea imported from Japan. They said uh, the interplay between the tea and the hops it it brought uh, it brought was really neat and kind of fun. Uh, Stone liked the beer so much they decided to con- continue making it. Yeah, the in- the initial uh, release of it was in twenty eleven, and then the um, newest release was uh, this past was it twenty fourteen I, th- I think it was twenty fourteen. See, I, 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 I can't keep track of this. Um, oh shit! You know what? I might have actually I might have actually seen this one now realizing uh this is from baxter brewing company it's a session ipa brewed and flavored with green tea um uh, and baxter brewing i got one of their beers when i was in new york um stones creation inspired maine's baxter brewing company to create its own tea beer ceremony uh after ben lowe uh director of brewing operations at baxter tasted the ipa at a previous at a previous craft brewers conference uh, <coughs> That just got me interested in working with that ingredient. The beer we ended up doing was quite a bit different. So they brewed ceremony with gunpowder green tea leaves and matcha green tea powder with a higher concentration of the powder. And he said um, the reason it worked well for them was when they had the higher concentration of leaves, the astringency from the tea was too high. And that, I can understand that that's, gonna, that's not going to work well with the natural bitterness of the IPA. Uh, They also stress the importance of hop choice when using teas. (coughs) God damn it. Uh, I wouldn't use Simcoe with tea, it would be too resiny. As much as I love Simcoe hops, we opted for hops that are more the herbal side. Herbal or citrusy hops like Crystal, Sirachi Ace work well. Tea could work nicely in hoppy beers in particular. It certainly gives a really bracing and refreshing bitterness and some astringency, which is usually not a flavor you normally want to show up in beer, but when it's tea, it kind of works. And that's that was what I thought with uh, Stone's Green Tea IPA, where it, it it cut back on some of that bitterness, it mellowed that back, and that astringency from the green tea kind of took its place there. Not too much, but it, just that perfect balance. It was very 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 nice. If you're if you're a IPA fan and you're a tea fan, you should definitely try that one. Uh, let's see, we got another one here. Uh, the head brewer at Red Brick Brewing Company in Georgia was inspired to brew a beer with tea because he loves the flavor and smell of chai. Uh, initially, he and his brewing team decided to do a chai spice porter. It dawned on me that a traditional way to serve a chai tea is to put a little bit of cream in it, he recalls, noting that a milk stout made more sense. Yeah, a chai milk stout. God damn. See, that would be fantastic. Um, you know, the chai... Uh, Chai Spiced Imperial Russian Stout was great on its own, but a chai milk stout, I could see that being even better. Uh, They made it Divine Bovine Milk Stout brewed with organic chai spices. Um, Red Brick said you get a lot of the chai tea flavors. Combination of cinnamon, cardamom, ginger, black pepper, all of the stuff comes together. Um, Now, they also say while tea is very adaptable to use in beer, coffee does still have more in common with beer to begin with, referring to the roasted character found in both beverages. You know, you get the roasted malts, you get the roasted coffee. But still, I think I think coffee on the malt side, you get the tea on the hop side. I, I think that's really how it works. If, if you were trying to just do a straight-up stout with, you know, green tea spices, I, I don't think that would work. you you got to pair things properly. Um... Let's see. Added tea to casks of stone levitation and stone pale ale. Um, they talk about chai spiced imperial Russian stout. Um, Red Brick. Uh, they have a partnership with Rishi. They've been experimenting further with tea types and flavors using matcha, green tea, and yuzu, a citrus fruit, in different brews. Um, they have plans um, for 2016 to have at least another, one more tea release. Um, word of caution, if any homebrewers want to try and start doing tea in their beers if you're using matcha powder you have to be really careful when you pour large quantities of it in a fermenter that has gas coming out of it you could have several people walking away from that fermenter covered in green powder it's very fine and lightweight blows around very easily luckily when it does it smells really good um in the comments just really quick um apparently phantom made a bright green saigon with green tea included in their rare beer club Um, Old Soul Brewing out of Fort Myers, Florida. They had Chai How Are You, a brown ale brewed with chai tea. That is interesting because brown ales tend to be very, very hit or miss with me. Um, I could see a chai spice kind of thing working with that though. He says it's so far the best example of a beer brewed with tea he's experienced and it's selling really well in that local market. So anybody in Fort Myers, Florida, if you want to check out Old Soul Brewing, Chai How Are You, Uh, let me know how that is. I'm curious about that. Maybe I'll be down in Florida to try that myself uh, before long. Uh, Let's see. What else I got here? I want to make sure I got time for everything. Let's see. I don't want to do that because that's too much. Uh, That's a double link. Eh, I've talked about that kind of stuff before. Okay. Uh, Brewdog. This is from the Telegraph UK. BrewDog. We know BrewDog from uh, Scotland. Uh, If if you don't know BrewDog, you've probably seen some of their beers. Very very distinctive labels. You know it if you've seen it. They're launching a beer hotel with booze on draft in bedrooms. And I'm thinking uh, they've kind of taken a note from uh, Dogfish Head in this respect. Uh, Because you know how Dogfish Head has their bed and breakfast now. This seems to be a little different where beer is actually... uh, you know, on draft, in the rooms. That is dangerous. And I would love to stay there for that. Uh, The Scottish Craft Brewery is raising 25 million pounds from fans to expand its factory to create a sour beer brewery and to launch its own beer hotel where the craft brew will never stop flowing. So yeah, basically they're doing a um, crowdfunding project just like Stone did to get into Berlin and their um, brew dog is using it to expand. Haven't had much brew dog because it just tends to be prohibitively expensive here for single bottles alone. So it's not typically my kind of thing. I think I maybe have had one or two different BrewDog beers. Uh, It's bringing back its hugely successful Equity for Punk's scheme, which has already helped the company to raise 7 million pounds from BrewDog drinkers. We've been oversubscribed in the last three rounds, so it's time to go big or go home, said co-founder Martin Dickey. BrewDog will use some of the cash to launch a BrewDog hotel near its brewery in Ellen, Scotland, which it hopes will turn the spot into a tourist destination and help to further boost the local economy. We're going to have Draft Brew Dog on tap in the bedrooms, said Mr. Dickey. I love how they call him Mr. Dickey. We would love to have somewhere for people who visit us to stay as we're quite out of the way up here. This is something we've been thinking about for a while. Uh, The company is planning to build a 300 hectoliter brewery next to its original brewery to help it meet global demand. A distillery will also be installed on the site, creating craft spirits. Around 7 million pounds will be spent on launching between 15 and 20 BrewDog bars across the UK, holy shit, which would double the size of its current portfolio. I didn't even realize they had that many already. They're bigger than I realized. Eh, guess, guess that you know, shows what happens when I don't necessarily pay attention to a, across the pond. And then I know uh, Ash isn't much of a drinker, so he wouldn't really probably tell me about this stuff either. Uh, the company has also earmarked two million pounds to grow its international bar division. Berlin will be the next target for a BrewDog bar, uh, competing with Stone a little bit. Germany is a really exciting market for craft beer, Mr. Dickey said. Uh, he and co-founder James Watt were burning the established system for fundraising with this crowdfunding round, spurning bank finance and the lure of corporate cash to go it alone. Well, Stone did this too, so I mean, it, you're, you're not you're not pioneering this. I, I, I give you I give you credit for doing it, but. You know, it's still cool. Um, he kind of goes into how, you know, it's a shame how the, you know buyouts have been happening, like Elysian and things like that. Um, how it could lead to the destruction of the craft beer industry, which, you know, if, if it's left unchecked, yeah. Yeah, it, it could really, you know, damage the industry, maybe not destroy it completely. Um, the latest fundraising, fundraising round, BrewDog is making $526,000. 316 shares available with a minimum investment of 95 pounds for two shares. Equity punks Brewdog's names for name for its investors will own 23 uh, 23 pieces what of the company if the whole round is subscribed. I don't know how that works. <laughs> the round will close on April 20th, 2016. As of this morning, we already have 1 million pounds invested. We're hoping to blow the 25 million dollar er, million million. I was going to say million dollar pound 25 million pound target out of the water. Uh we got any comments? Oh jeez. My god, a hotel full of pissheads. Imagine the look on the wife's face at dinner as another customer slips off his stool by the bar and can't stand up. Somehow I think I'll be avoiding the places. I know Brewdog has that reputation of being like the kind of anarchist, you know, punk beer company. Something tells me they would not let that happen though. Um, you know, Dogfish Head. You could just as easily say, "Ah, it's just gonna be a bunch of drunks there." I I think the real I want to say beer aficionados, but that that dude with the lawsuit kind of ruined that. Um, beer fans are really gonna kind of you know flock to something like that. You're not you're not gonna have the locals staying there. Um, of course, somebody says they don't like drafty bedrooms. Ha-ha, <laughs> like, you know, because the draft beer is in there. <laughs> they, and somebody else here does have a fair point. Uh, Brewdog, an example of marketing succeeding over substance. Their cool anti-establishment approach attracts attention, but have they won awards for their beer? Do they produce cask ale? Are they held in high regard by the rest of the industry? Of course, somebody, you know, a keyboard warrior, decided to uh, kind of show him up on that. Like, uh, yeah, they've... Uh, 5 A.M. Red Ale, one world's best amber ale 2014. Coco Psycho, world's best chocolate and coffee beer 2014. I think I've seen Coco Psycho. I'm not 100% sure. Punk IPA, silver for Europe's uh, pale beer. Libertine Black Ale, Europe's best black IPA. I mean, typically though, like whenever I see a bottle of Brewdog somewhere, it's at least five bucks for a 12 ounce bottle, if not approaching ten, sometimes twenty dollars. Um, I want to say there's uh, Tactical Nuclear Penguin. I think I'm correct with that. I want to say that one runs 20, 25, 30 bucks, something like that, for, for a 12 ounce bottle. And I have never been able to pull the trigger on that. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe eventually I'll get more adventurous, start dipping more into the Brew Dog stuff. Uh, you know what with that? Uh, here we go. Dennis says best beer he had in the trip was in Savannah, the Southbound Brewing Company, Moonlight Drive. Oh, that's what it was. It wasn't sweetwater. Okay, yeah. I remember seeing a lot of sweetwater on the draft beer list, but the one he had, yeah, Southbound Brewing Company out of Savannah, Georgia, Moonlight Drive Imperial Coffee Stout, 8.5% ABV. That's actually that's a nice level for an imperial coffee stout. That's not too high, not too low, and I love it on the menu how beneath all the draft beer list they say in small type, we also offer Miller Lite and Yingling. <laughs> but that 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 is a great fucking list there. Ah. Oh. So let me get into the new releases and reveals for this week. Yeah, Dennis wants more of that in his life. Uh, you know what, Dennis, if, if you look around, you, you will probably, you may find something nearly as good here. I'm not saying exactly as good, but nearly as good. Start looking around at like Liquor Factory and stuff like that and Growler Fills. You will find some shocking things from like Kane and Carton that will blow your mind. Carton, you, they do tend to do more of the pale ales and the IPAs. Uh, but they have some amazing stouts and stuff that just can't be properly categorized. So start getting yourself growler fills, dude. That's the best way to do it. And they'll let you taste it beforehand so you can know if you are if you want to get a growler fill of it or not. Uh, first one we got here, Lagunitas Equinox Returns. I haven't had any Lagunitas in a really long time, and I really, really need to get back into that. And this one actually has me curious just because of the style. It is a summer seasonal, first brewed back in 1995. It's an 8% ABV Pale Oat Ale, hopped liberally with Simcoe and Equinox Hops. I'm curious about the flavor profile of a Pale Oat Ale. I don't think I've had that before. So that is one that I I may pick up. Uh, Maybe I'll I'll get myself onto a Lagunitas kick. Who knows? Uh, Flying Dog, numero uno. It's a new summer seasonal, just like uh, Lagunitas had a summer seasonal going there. Originally brewed as part of their Brewhouse Rarity series, which I am a big fan of. 4.3% ABV. It's a nod to South of the Border, Brewed with agave nectar and real lime zest. It's an American blonde ale. Some reviews I've read have described it as possessing the refreshing qualities of Corona without tasting kind of like horse piss. So, if you're not if you don't dig Aculto as a summer beer, see if you can find Flying Dog Numero Uno. Maybe that'll hit the spot for you. Abita, Bourbon Street Baltic Porter. It's a new Bourbon Street series release. 9.5% ABV Baltic Porter, brewed with pale caramel and roasted malts, Uh, then cold-aged for months before bourbon barrel aging begins. So that's kind of interesting. They do the cold aging before the barrel aging even begins. Uh, What do I got next here? Ah, from Weyerbacher. Good old Weyerbacher. Love me some Weyerbacher, and I I think I may want to try this one. It's their 20th anniversary. It's a Belgian-style dark ale brewed with coriander and star anise to celebrate Weyerbacher's 20th anniversary. I know some people are not big fans of star anise in their beer. Me, I am, so uh, I think I may be seeking this one out. The label for this one's great. If you're in the chat, you'll see it. It it integrates elements of several of their other beer's labels. Um, Excuse me. It's going to be in uh, 12-ounce bottles. I have a feeling this one will probably be four packs and not six packs. 11% ABV. And then um, this is actually, th- this is kind of a cool one that I did not expect to see coming. And this will probably result in me drinking more of this when uh, when the season comes around. Southern Tears Pumpkin. Probably one of my top pumpkin beers. Um, maybe next to, I think it's uh, Smashed Pumpkin. From uh, shipyard, but uh, pumpkin, pump. There's something different about pumpkin that I I can't even compare it to Smash Pumpkin. But Southern Tier is going to be releasing their fantastic pumpkin pumpkin ale in 12 ounce bottles this year. That makes me very happy, so I don't have to buy a full bomber. Now I did, I did get that uh, that sealing thing that I can use to seal my bombers, so I don't have to drink them all at once, but but still this makes me happy 12 ounce better than 22 ounce for me um 8.6 abv becomes much more manageable in a 12 ounce bottle than a 22 ounce bomber um it's gonna be a four packs not six packs still fine with that southern tier does that with some of their stuff um i still have my rum barrel aged pumpkin from 2014 so i may have to crack that open this summer before the pumpkin beers hit and then i can you know kind of dip into the pumpkin um so that, that, is, that is all the, the new releases and reveals for the week. So, uh, with a few minutes left in the show, uh, the announcement. The announcement that some of you have probably been waiting for. For the foreseeable future, this will be the final episode of ABV. First and foremost, I want to thank Royce, Marie, and the rest of MLR for letting me do this show for the past two years. Uh, from I, I started as just a stammering, babbling idiot talking about beer, and didn't really change much over the last two years. I think I just became more confident in my stammering and babbling. Um. I want to thank Dennis, Mitch, Sherry, uh, Roy Black on Crack, among so many others, for always supporting the show. Um, it's It has been a very amazing ride. Um, a special thanks to Ash of Antisocial Gamer Radio. He was actually like the... I, I think he was the inspiration for me to do this show because w- when I saw him or listened to him doing his show... It, um, it, it it gave me the confidence to think that maybe I could do a solo show too because I know pretty much most of the other shows on MLR are um, ensemble shows. Solo shows are difficult. I know this. People that have done them solo that are normally ensemble know that they're difficult. Uh, the fact that Ash was able to do that week after week after week just impressed me so much. And um, that... That was honestly my inspiration to uh, to do this show, and, and and Royce and Marie and everybody let me do it. So, I, as much as I enjoy the world of craft beer and all that it encompasses, and um, and you know, uh, it, I, I, it's not that I don't like drinking beer anymore. I mean, I I, I love drinking beer. Um, I'm always going to love drinking beer. But I have to admit, I've 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 lost that zest that drive to do the show lately um like every week when i realized that more often than not it started to become a chore to do the show when i really wasn't enjoying being behind the mic as much i mean i'd get behind the mic and i'd settle down but Throughout the day, kind of leading up to it, I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this shit this week. And th- that's, that that says nothing of the fans. That says nothing of the audience. That says something of me that I was just kind of, I don't know, I, I just burning out. Um, and, and when I realized it kind of became a chore, I had to, I had to make a decision. Um, do I keep doing potentially subpar shows? I have an obligation to do the show, which I very realistically considered. Or do I cut the cord? So so people know this is not a knee-jerk reaction. I've been going back and forth on this decision for months. Um, Honestly, probably since, I don't know, maybe December, early January. Um, And honestly, it just feels like the right move for me right now. Um, This may may potentially piss off uh, Dennis, Mitch, and Joe, too. But um, to, to to follow up, um, I'm, I'm also resigning my post as MLR video producer. But, 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 I am sure that the more than capable hands of guys like Dennis, Mitch, and Joe can pick that ball up and run with it. I've, I've seen so far what Joe has been able to do in his early... Um, early experience with editing and camera and everything i know dennis knows what he's doing and shit i i know mitch what knows what he's doing you know so uh, uh no not hashtag fired <laughs> mitch keeping with it right there um uh, yeah so uh if you guys want to pick that ball up and run with it if you need any of the slate materials and shit like that from me uh go for it um uh, For the time being, the YouTube channel is going to remain. I'm still going to keep doing reviews because that is ultimately a less time intensive thing. Um, That takes up what amounts to probably about 10 minutes of my week, whereas this is two hours plus the show prep. Um, It's two hours I could be helping my wife with the kids and Tuesday nights get kind of squirrely sometimes, especially when the kids are sick and stuff like that. Um, so I'm, I'm still going to do those reviews. I I should at least still be doing them every Saturday. Um, the Facebook page and Twitter, I'm going to stay, I'm going to keep those up for all the booze related shenanigans and maybe, maybe someday ABV will be back on the internet airwaves. But for now, this is something I need to do. Um, at least some good news amongst my being sick and my car getting totaled and everything our uh, our old house it looks like it may finally be selling in the short sale so uh, now we're concentrating on saving money and I got a lot of video shoots coming up so I'm going to be dedicating a lot of time to that too So uh, uh, this—it it has been very fun if you had told me five years ago that I'd be doing an internet radio show I would have laughed in your fucking face because I am the most timid shy piece of shit and you guys know that but um, I love all you. It it has been great. Uh, keep tracking me on Untapped. Keep tracking me on Twitter. In fact, I'll I'll uh, I'll kind of give out all those things here to kind of end uh, end the show up here. Uh, the Facebook group, which will remain. Uh, the page that may that may get nuked. I don't know yet. But um, pay the group is staying up. Uh, Facebook.com/groups/slash/alcohol slash by volume. And of course, the black guy is late. Jesus. <laughs> I love you, J5. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Twitter at EDI, C-I-U-S, at Odysseus. And at ABV underscore podcast. Um, I don't know. I may end up changing that to ABV underscore YouTube. I don't know. I will see what happens with that. Untapped, I'm still alcohol by volume, all one word. Um, uh Uh-oh. J5 says, if I'm leaving MLR, the uh, blacks are going to riot. They're already rioting. So status quo, right? gotta end it with some racism right so uh, coming up next my time now with J5 followed by Dutch and Royce I will see you guys on the interwebs love you all